All right, welcome everybody. Uh, how's it going, uh, little Jay? Pretty good. How about you, Big Jay? I'm all right. So we're with OT Help Desk, as everybody knows. Okay, of course it says it up there. Um, but uh, today we're going to do. Um, let's see, we're going to do part two of clinical reasoning test taking strategies. Yeah, I think it was decoding clinical reasoning test taking strategies. Where do you people come up with this stuff? What the heck is decoding? Deciphering, breaking down, something like that. I'm getting old. I really am getting old. Getting this, old. Pod, this podcasting, is that what it is? Podcasting? <laughs> no, right. Podcast. 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 All right. I'll, I'll get it eventually. I, I'm supposed to be in a pod, right? Is that where I'm at? Like a pod? Exactly. You got it. I got it. Um, I'm I'm really I, I think I'm old. Um, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. All right. So I think about this concept of clinical reasoning and you know, we, we hear a lot of stuff about, you know, learning how to answer questions and, you know, and you know how I feel about that. I, I don't like guessing. Okay. I come from a different world. In my world, we don't guess. Okay. So I, I believe, as I've mentioned before, that many times when someone is in a higher level question, please, not a lower level question. All right. A higher level question. When we're in a higher level question, say like on the boards, okay? When you're on a higher level question, a lot of students say we get it down to two answers, okay? And then we have problems picking the answer. So what I prefer to do is to think about what you don't know in a question. So when I teach, I always step back with students. And you know this because we work a lot together. But I always step back and I say, what do you know? Okay. Let me let me do a question. Okay. And let me read it and 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 go down through it. And let's just stop for a second. And then what what I'd like to do is maybe break down what you should know, okay, um, with this question. Well, what do you want to do? Uh, let's do, you want to do, uh, amputations? Sure. All right. Let me, let me, let me think of like a, a, a scenario and, and hold on. Let me, let me pull one up here. Okay. All right. So everybody's raving about scenarios, right? Let's, let's throw out the scenario and then we'll backtrack and we'll build to it based on how you should be preparing for example, a clinical scenario, all right? All right. All right. So a client with a transradial amputation has been provided with a myoelectric prosthesis. Now, the OT is in use training with the client. Which of the following activities is appropriate during this stage? Now, of course, you're going to have to choose the best three options, right? So let's go down through them and start. Providing drills regarding reaching, grasping, and release of objects. Progressing from large objects to small objects. 
B, train the client in reaching in various planes and positions to grasp objects. C, instructing the client on opening and closing the terminal device. D, using items such as a sponge to train the client to grade the force required for grasping. E, engaging the client in a light meal preparation task while using the prosthesis. And F, instructing the client on the operation of the components of the prosthesis using a dual cable control system. All right, now here's, here's the thought process, right? Right away, what you should do in this question is you should look at use training and you should go down through them and quite honestly, I did it on the first way down, okay, because I don't have the answers in front of me. On the first way down, I got rid of everything that wasn't use training, okay? And I'm left with three, okay? Right. And back, guess what? That's what it is, okay? Now, that's one way of approaching this, but hold on, hold on, okay? That's use training. Let's talk about the elements, okay, of this question, because... Everybody knows, okay, first of all, you're hearing the question. That's a little bit different, isn't it, than reading it? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? There's different ways to do things, okay? Um, and here at OT Help Desk, we have strategies for that, okay, that are different. So I like it when students come in who say, I have to see the question, okay? And within two weeks, using our methods... Okay, the student is now processing differently. Doesn't mean they don't have, they, you know, because they're going to get to see the question. Okay, but what's wrong with learning a new skill set? And that's one of the things that we do differently at OT Help Desk. It's probably what makes us different. Okay, so in this particular case, I want to talk about amputations. Yeah, I'm going to pull you back, right? All right. So, Joseph, what is a transradial amputation? Uh, so that is an amputation that we know has affected the forearm, essentially, through the radius. Okay. So let's make sure. Is that what you meant? Well, yeah, that was fine. <laughs> it was sounded pretty good. Okay. So, you know, in this particular case, if I'm studying amputations, please, okay, I'm going to be thinking, I'm OT, so I'm going to be thinking upper limb, okay? So when I look at upper limb, there he goes again, ladies and gentlemen, getting his book, because he always checks me. You're a stinker. Um, oh, I was going to get the Pedretti book and tell them what page they could follow along on. Well, why can't you do it off the top of your head? <laughs> okay, so you do any other time to me. All right, I know that upper limb for me i'm thinking three things i'm thinking about a transradial below elbow 
I'm thinking a transhumeral above elbow, okay? Um, or I'm thinking a partial hand, wrist disarticulation. How'd you like that, Smarty? Off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. All right. I was a little too literal with mine, I think. You were just I looking for you were. you were just looking for below elbow or above elbow, weren't you? It might have been okay. <laughs> you, you had to go higher, as you always do. Okay, so when I when I think of this, okay, as a clinician and someone who's gonna look at clinical reasoning, I have to know where I'm at first, don't I? Right. Now, I'm not sure it makes a difference in this question because sometimes the diagnosis, as long as we're saying amputation here, I think in this one, the question goes towards use training. Yeah, absolutely. As an OT, I want to get to use training, but here's what you got to know with amputations. Okay, there's an upper extremity amputation and there's a lower extremity. So one's upper limb and lower limb. And we know that. And we just said we've got, you know, transradial below elbow. We've got transhumeral, meaning above elbow. And then we have partial hand and wrist disarticulation. And we know what that is. Now, don't forget our lower extremities. All right. Because we've got the same thing. We've got transfemoral which is going to be above the knee. And then we've got transtibial. As soon as you see the word tibial, you're below the knee. Okay. Right. And then what's the big one? Because we did the wrist on that side. What's the one called for the ankle, Joseph? Oh, that one is called a Sims's articulation, right? Got it. Okay. So if I'm studying amputations, that's what I want to know in terms of the diagnosis for starters. Okay. Because that's going to kind of lay the foundation for me. Now, Joseph, we've done this a million times. Okay, think, think about we're going to now be clinically reasoning. Okay. Right. And we know Pedretti, okay, divides it into two categories, doesn't it? It sure does. We what got... are they? What's the first one? So when we're thinking about amputation, uh, the cool thing is we can always know where we're at, whether we're in the pre-prosthetic intervention phase or the prosthetic intervention phase. Right. So the pre-prosthetic is where we're literally preparing the limb for a prosthesis. Yeah. So we might be doing um, some shaping. We're probably going to be um, addressing anything like the phantom limb pain they have or the pain from the neuromas. We're going to be, um, you know, strengthening the muscles that they need to use the prosthesis. Or if we're doing myoelectric prosthesis, if we're preparing for that, maybe we're finding those muscle sites. We're doing the myocyte testing for the muscles that are going to be appropriate to use for the prosthetic device. So yeah, we're basically, essentially we're um, helping them regain their independence and self-care as part of our OT while also helping them prepare the limb for ultimately getting the prosthesis. What the heck? I just asked you what pre-prosthetic training was, Joseph. Okay, <laughs> so that's the first one. The second one is going to be prosthetic training. Yep, absolutely. Right? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, what's that, Joseph? Uh, so prosthetic training is when we actually have the prosthesis. And so we're going to start, of course, with um, their wearing schedule, their hygiene for it. We want to make sure that we do that through the get-go because we don't want to have them start wearing the prosthetic device full-time immediately because they might end up with some skin breakdown. So you Perfect. really want to 
yeah, you want to start out and then gradually improve their wear time. But then, of course, once we actually get to, oh, I see. <laughs> Did you want to ask me something You're else? Stealing my thunder. I'll go for it. I'm sorry. Because I, I want to act like I know something too. All right, all right, go for it, Big J. So in in prosthetic training, there's only three things you got to remember. There are three components, right? Uh, what are they, Stinker? All right, so we got controls training, which is basically where we're just teaching them how to open and close the terminal device. And if it's a body-powered prosthesis, you're going to be teaching them how to, to lock in the elbow unit while they're using the, um, the terminal device, for example. Um, and then if it's the myoelectric prosthesis, that's going to be a little different, of course. But then we have the use training, which comes after controls training. And then we have the functional training. So it progresses from controls training to use training to functional training. Perfect. My point was, was that in clinical reasoning, okay, and thinking about a test question, the first thing we're definitely going to think about a diagnosis. We got that, okay? Now, in this particular case, as I mentioned, the diagnosis is an amputation. It doesn't matter. And you see that many times in questions. They don't tell you that it's an exact, okay, transhumeral, transfemoral. It doesn't tell you that. Okay, so now what it's doing is gearing up to take you somewhere, right, in a question. And what will come next is, well, did it matter where the client was in this particular case? No. No, not in terms of the actual physical setting, it didn't. No. And see, what this question did is it funneled down, okay, to, and you stop immediately, because you then ask yourself, do I know what use training is? Okay. And based on what you said, right? If if the if they're asking me, which they're asking in this question, for me to determine which of the following are use training, which is what this question boiled down to. Quite frankly, it's very easy. Okay. Yeah. But if you get stuck and you don't know what use training is, okay, you want to go back and you want to think about what we were just talking about, pre-prosthetic versus prosthetic training. So yeah. if I was going to, I'm going to call, use the term, write myself, right? I'm going to be thinking about pre-prosthetic pre versus prosthetic training, okay? Yeah. So so in this question, okay, uh, let, let, me, let me now do it again, okay? And again, I want, I want, first of all, let's do this. Explain to me again the three types of prosthetic training. Okay, so I, again, I like the way you did that. All right, so it starts with controls training, and controls training is basically just teaching them how to operate and control the parts of the prosthesis. So teaching them how to open and close the terminal device, teaching them how to lock in, if it's a body power prosthesis, like I mentioned, teaching them how to lock in the elbow while using the terminal device because the same motions control both of them. So you're going to have to teach them how to lock in the elbow while they use the terminal device. Once they learn how to operate and then control the prosthetic device as part of the controls training, then you move to the use training. And basically in the use training, you're teaching them how to apply the mechanics of the prosthesis. Um, but you're not teaching it within functional activities yet. You might be teaching them how to um, grade the force that they apply to different objects. So you might use a sponge and teach them how to grade the force they apply 
when they're opening and closing the terminal device to the sponge, you might have them reaching in different positions and reaching in different planes so they can practice using um, the mechanics of the prosthesis in, in the different planes there. So it's just, again, it's basically just applying the mechanics of the prosthesis before you progress to the last stage, which is the functional stage, which is where you're actually using it within the context of your occupations. I like it. So let's go back to this question, Joseph. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the question and then let's do what it says. It's which of the following activities is appropriate during this stage? So it's use training and right. use training is in the prosthetic training phase. Right. And there are three, you said, controls, use, okay, and functional. Yep, those in are the this, three stages. In, this, in these answers, we're going to have to do this. We're only in control, use, and, and uh, uh, functional training, technically. Okay, so we also have to think about whether or not, okay, at one point, you know, there's pre-prosthetic stuff. Well, I'll point that out as we go, because those are the two things, pre-prosthetic and then prosthetic training. It's really easy, okay? All right, a client with a transradial amputation has been provided with a myoelectric prosthesis. The OT is in the use training process with the client. Which of the following activities is appropriate during this stage? So we're gonna choose the best three answers. So let's do it just by doing this, okay? Let's start off and say, it's either use training or it's not and see where it takes us, All okay? Right. Uh, provide drills regarding reaching, grasping, and release of objects, progressing from large objects to small objects. Yeah, that definitely sounds like use training because you're teaching them how to apply the mechanics of that prosthesis um, and, and you can help them improve their positioning with their grasp and release. But so, it, so it, talk to me about mechanics because you're using the term and I hate when you do that. It's talking about the mechanics of the prosthesis. You know, what the heck is mechanics mean? So basically just it involves thinking about the positioning, the prosthesis when you're reaching. So the positioning when you're reaching overhead, the positioning when you're reaching out to the side, um, the positioning when you're reaching downward is all going to be different because we have to think about, you know, well, especially with a body power prosthesis. I know it's a little bit different in this one with the myoelectric, but like I mentioned, with the body powered prosthesis is so important because you're going to have to lock in the elbow unit before you can use the terminal device. And so um, we're going to have to teach them those different ways and practice those different positions that they can use that in. Um, so they're not having, you know, awkward or improper position. The thing is, is teaching them the positions and, and that kind of stuff. They, yeah. they learn to kind of, open and close it right okay in what's that the control yeah phase, they used they learned to open and close it in the control phase but in this phase it's really just about fine-tuning the best position you know to use the prosthesis when they're actually grasping and releasing objects yeah. there and reaching it might not objects. be a good idea to start teaching them to put their sock on is it 
Exactly. You're going to start easier and then grade up. And once they that's master it, that's when you go to the, the functional stage. All and right, then so also like this first one, right? And then also along with that and the use training, you're going to be working on the pressure control, which is why I mentioned there, you know, practicing grading the appropriate force on different objects to make sure that once you get to the functional stage, you're not going to pick up an egg and squeeze it and break it in your hand there. All right. So, so, um, a was provide drills, drills regarding reaching, grasping, and release of objects, progressing from large objects to small objects. And we agree that that's use training. Yeah, makes okay. total sense. Let's go to B. Okay. Train the client in various planes and positions to grasp objects. It sounds like that's use training too, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, sound, it sounds like that's what we've been talking about, trying to help them find the, the best position with the uh, prosthesis when they're reaching, definitely. Hey, you know what's really cool about this is we have four left. And we only need one more. Hilarious. <laughs> it's easy. Okay. All right. So instruct the client on opening and closing the terminal. I know this one. Yeah. Uh, that oh, one's that was not, control training, right? That's definitely, yep. Control Got it. training Got for it. sure. Because it wouldn't make sense. If you think about it that way too, it wouldn't make sense that that's part of use training. Because if they don't know that, then how are you going to progress them to practice in reaching and positioning their prosthesis when they're grasping and releasing objects? It just wouldn't make sense. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. So, so the next one D is using items such as a sponge to train the client to grade the force required for grasping. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this sounds like what we just talked about when we said you're going to use it to master the pressure control. So what's cool about this is we're done. Because that's three S's, okay? And if you're real confident about it, right? Because I think we are. We're pretty confident about this, okay? Um, let's do the last two. Engaging the client in a light meal preparation task while using the prosthesis. So we are past use training in this answer choice. We're definitely more in functional training. You got it. These are too easy, man. Um, next one, instructing the client on the operation of the components of the prosthesis using a dual cable control. That's right. Dual cable control. That's in controls, isn't it? That's definitely part of controls training. And then also it told me we had a myoelectric prosthesis and the dual cable control system is what's used for the body powered prosthesis. So that one makes sense for this. Uh, you're splitting hairs. Okay. Well, it's just <laughs> another way you could get rid of it. But the main way, like John said, is that it's not part of use training. All right. I like it. So let's let's sort of summarize this one again. All right. Because I want you to apply reasoning to this. And if you are studying, right, and you get a question like this, the best thing to do is when you start reading the question and there's something in it that you're not sure of, go look it up. It's probably the best way to do it. Then come back, do the question again, and then read the answers. Okay. What happens in this particular case is you're training the right way. Don't guess. Guessing's really stupid. Okay. I know we're not supposed to use the word stupid, but guessing is stupid. Sorry. There's a time to guess. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to guess, just put C. Yeah, I guess you can't do it there. Just pick three of them. Okay, because the logic behind guessing and and uh, and versus clinical reasoning, yeah, you know how I feel about it, all right? You don't walk into your doctor's exam room and the doctor say, hey, Joseph, I got good news. 
Okay, I got your diagnosis narrowed down to two. Let's not go there. Okay. I don't want to play that right out of the gate. And in clinical, in 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 these type questions, scenarios, which you're going to see more now on the boards, okay, with scenarios, the real key is not to give up on the idea, okay, of working on your reasoning skills. So I'm teaching effective reasoning skills. And when I do that, you always start, if you're going to pick key words, the real question is, do you know what they mean? Okay, so when you're studying, okay, and you get questions wrong on this, okay, this is low level, okay? It really is, because we can go much higher level on these. And we don't know what the boards is going to do, do we? We don't. Because okay? we're early on. We're only in December of 2023 here. Okay, and the big guns all hit in January. Okay, so let me, so just recapping, okay, diagnosis, which in this case, diagnosis, etiology, and amputation. Prognosis. Prognosis is based, okay, on a few things. In a question, where are you? It didn't say for us here, okay? It didn't say that we were in inpatient because it's going to be a different ballgame. It didn't say we're in outpatient, although we pretty much know we are. Okay. Because in this particular case, you know, we're actually in prosthetic training. Yeah. And even, and just to add on to that, John, too, if you don't mind, um, like he was talking about with the context there, if it gives you the context, that's even if it doesn't explicitly tell you whether you're in the pre-prosthetic phase or the prosthetic phase, that can be a major clue for that. Because if you're seeing someone in acute care, even inpatient rehab a week or a week and a half out of receiving that amputation, we know we're not in the prosthetic phase because it's not logical that they would have received that yet because they're not going to receive it to their wound heals. And so we automatically know that should cue us in if we see that we're in an acute setting or inpatient rehab setting, that should automatically cue us in that we are in the pre-prosthetic training phase. And so anything that would be part of the prosthetic intervention phase is already out of the question. And now we're at a higher level reasoning. And what happens is, is that all of a sudden you're going to be faced with more keywords or more key issues that you now have to apply the way Joseph just did. I'm going to stop here because we've gone a long ways in a short period of time. Um, I'm going to remind everyone that, uh, as an example, we do this, okay, in over 50 different topic sessions in our product. And our differences is we have 40 lessons, and amputations is one of them, okay, where we teach the information um, that a student should understand with regard to it. I'm forgetting about the boards for a second because I'd like to teach students, you know, to be able to work in the clinic as well as take test questions, okay? Now, once we do that in our product, we go to what we call our open sessions and topic sessions, okay? And I won't, I won't, uh, I won't divulge all of the secrets, okay? But our open sessions are a key way to answer questions and our topic sessions are very similar to what we did here, okay? And that's the key here, example, okay? Uh, Joseph, when it comes to ethics, and we're starting off and we're thinking about reasoning, 
what should a student begin with understanding? So uh, we should always be thinking, is this situation more related to an ethical conflict or ethical dilemma, or is it more related to legality? You got it. And so it's the same thing as what we just did with prosthetics, okay? Pre-prosthetic and prosthetic training. In this particular case, how I answer a question is uh, based on the way Joseph just said it, is going to be based on whether or not you've gone through a process of saying, is this ethical or non-ethical, or is this legal or illegal? Or it could be both. Okay, so when you put that together, it now changes what happens when you get the two answers. You see, that's the difference versus kind of moving through and saying, yeah, I know what that means, et cetera, but how does it apply? And so in at the OT Help Desk, every one of our 40 lessons, okay, are graded. So you begin at the lower level questions and you work to the higher levels. And again, the scenarios. And we use and teach process of how to clinically reason. That's what's different about us. And that's what students tell us in our surveys. So when we move from there, we then have the second dimension to our product, which is students coming in on a weekly basis, um, live sessions where we do open sessions and we answer questions. And then the topic sessions are where we take what you study in those lessons over here and we apply them at a higher level the way we just did here. And that's what prepares students. And those are live sessions and some are recorded. They're not part of our 40 lessons. Okay. So that's the point to how you do it, okay? And a lot of students come into us, okay, both, you know, having taken the test and having taken it, and I still remind them to do the same thing, and that is understand the content, okay, which many students have already studied it, and now what you need to do is learn how to clinical reason. And that's what we do. And that's who we are. So, um, well, we're, how, do, how do you get into this stuff, Joseph? What, what do they got to do? Uh, you got to come to OTHelpDesk.com. But before you do that, make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to us on wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure that you give us a rating and subscribe to us. I like it. I like it. Well, so this was, this was, watch this. Okay, I wrote down what you said. Uh, this is decoding testing, okay, part two. Part two. With clinical reasoning and test-taking strategies. So we're going to move to do another one next, and we'll call that decoding testing test or uh, part three. How's that? Sounds okay? good. And we'll go to a higher level, and what we'll do is is we'll – talk a lot more about the case scenario, only this time we'll talk about doing so many different versions of them and also applying how you answer it. Because there are different strategies to scenarios that don't coincide with clinical simulations the way they used to do it, okay? And, oh, are they easier? Stop. 
right? Stop worrying about that. My passion is become a clinician who can clinically reason. Learn that first. Don't worry. There will be times that you have to guess. I, I'm, uh, I'm Big J. I'm Little J. And we hope that we see you not only in the OT Help Test products, okay, but in future podcasts. Take care, everyone. All right, take care.